Source is a podcast made by women for women, and we are looking at the topics that are influencing women and the world they live in, and we're shedding light on those topics. We're speaking to the national experts and bringing you the stories that you're only going to hear here. Don't miss out on being in the know. Subscribe to Soul Source wherever you listen to podcasts today and leave us a review. This part is really, really important. That way we can continue to bring you the content you love each and every week. When we have a big sexual drought, it's really hard to pick the ball back up. Hello, I am Raquel Amal, your host of Soul Source. And today's episode is not for kids because... Let's talk about sex, baby. That's right. We're talking about doing the deed, or the lack thereof, thanks to this pandemic that we are living in. Nearly half of U.S. adults report a change in sex lives since the pandemic struck in March of 2020. In fact, a survey of 1,200 Americans by Love Honey, a site that sells erotic toys and lingerie, reported 63% of couples are facing intimacy challenges and 19% just aren't having sex at all. Now, it's more than just the couples, though. Those who are single and ready to mingle, well, they can't mingle, and that has health impacts, too. Studies show young people who would traditionally meet someone and maybe even have a casual hookup can't do that anymore. This is leading to increases in depression and a changing landscape for how people date going forward. I'm covering these topics and more with nationally renowned Los Angeles clinical psychologist in sex and couples therapy, Dr. Karen Stewart. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, you're not crazy. She has been featured on Good Morning America, The Doctors, TLC, ABC Nightline, and in publications such as Red Book Magazine, Women's Health, and Good Housekeeping, just to name a few. Dr. Stewart, I'm honored to have you with us today, and I can't wait to dive into this conversation because I think I could definitely learn a thing or two from you. Sure. And I know it's a topic several listeners have asked us about, so welcome to Soul Source. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope I can be helpful. I'm sure you will be. And I want to start off. I just want to start with asking you what seems like the most obvious question here, Um, because I know you're living in Los Angeles. You're in L.A., which is like this crazy hot spot for COVID right now. Okay, Tell me what's going on. How locked down are you guys? We are. I think we are arguably the most locked down in the country now. Um, I think just because it's, you know, like you said, we're the hot spot. We have by far the highest per capita um, cases, which is just fascinating to me that we've overpassed places like New York where people like literally live on top of each other and are in these massive high rises. I mean, we don't have that lifestyle here. So it's really interesting, but I think we also are a very transient community. So we have people coming and going all the time and it's been tough to put it nicely. You know, I I hear it every day, all day with my patients and with my friends for that matter that, you know, it's, we had the open, everything opened up in the summertime. You know, we would go out for dinner outside. We've never had our restaurants open um, we could go out for dinner when it's outside and then that was taken away from us. And then I think that's when people really hit a wall of, you know, what are we going to do? How do we date? How do we have fun? How do we celebrate anniversaries, birthdays? It's, it's been tough. <laughs> oh man. I can't imagine. How are you holding up personally? It's, it's been a struggle, you know, to be honest, I've been always really good with solitude. Um, I enjoy spending time by myself. I've always been great at cooking and experimenting and I love my house. So I'm okay. But yeah, I mean, even personally, probably for the last almost like month or so, it's been tough. You know, it's, it's just kind of that isolation feeling. And I unfortunately know a lot of people that have been infected or affected um, personally. So 
that makes us even more locked down. So that kind of like isolation solitude is starting to really settle in. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Zoom and, you know, video calls, like they're great, but it's not the same thing, you know, as getting together. It's not the same thing. No, it's definitely not the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I told our audience here before we got started, we are talking about sex today said this was not an yes. episode for for children <laughs> so <laughs> deal all right well i'll tell you everything straight then <laughs> um so i want to talk to you first and get a little bit about your background as a sex therapist how long have you been doing this type of therapy what does that mean so i'm a clinical psychologist and i specialize in sexual dysfunction um basically what sexual dysfunction means is it's any form of any aspect of sexuality that somebody's struggling with. So it could be anything from desire disorders, which I've been hearing a lot of. Um, it can go on to addiction, which is, you know, anything from porn addiction, sex addiction to, um, you know, infidelity, um, premature ejaculation, orgasm disorders. I mean, honestly, you name it, I've probably dealt with it. Um, right now there's, you know, a lot more, especially in the media, people talking about gender identity disorders. I certainly don't specialize in that, but I have worked with it. Um, one of my little, I guess we'll call it specialties as I've been, uh, throughout my work is I have a very high, I guess, I don't know, I'll say, I'll say a high referral source would be the way to put it is in the polyamory community, which is a whole nother, um, different element. And it's certainly not a disorder by any means. It's just another, you know, area of sexuality that a lot of people don't get to, to talk about and work with. Oh, that is an entire, that's like entirely different. It's totally different. Yes. Oh my gosh. So why is uh, the type of therapy you do? Why is it so important? You know, I think the reason I got into, you know, working with sexual dysfunction is because I think it's such a huge part of a relationship or as an individual that a lot of people neglect, you know, oftentimes when we get in a fight with our partner, it's one of the first things that goes And whether it's for a punitive reason, like, you know, you pissed me off, so I'm not going to sleep with you tonight. Or it just is like one of those little things that happens over time. And the more and more little bickering, the more, you know, the less attraction that there is. And, or it could be just the benign reasons of life catches up with us. You know, we have, we have kids, we have mortgages, we have dogs, we have life, we don't feel well. And the next thing you know, your sex life is the dead last on the list. So it's important to keep that thriving. If you want to have a, you know, a fulfilled, healthy relationship. That is why we're talking today, because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, it is, it's like the thing that's on the back burner right now, yeah, because yeah. there's a million other things going on and the world's just like yes. so screwed up. So what have you been hearing? Are you finding people there? Are they having less sex right now? Is that what's common? Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the progression. Cause I, I've talked about this a lot lately. So I think in the beginning, you know, this is, this has been, I would call it like nationwide or whatnot, but in the beginning of quarantine, I think it was very novel. So everything really went down in March for everybody. So in the beginning of mid-March, we'll say, you know, the first couple of weeks was we were all eating too much, drinking too much, having too much sex. Like it was funny. It was novel. It was, you know, wow, we're stuck together. This is so funny. Probably by about mid-April, I feel like everybody took a nosedive where I, I swear it was one of the worst weeks where I think it was like week three or four in LA where everybody started getting on each other's nerves where it's, you know, relationships are threatening to break up individuals are losing their minds you know this they they're mad at their kids they're mad at themselves and i think it's harder to find those intimate times now you know now we're pushing what almost a year at this of being home with our partners without partners you know whatever that looks like for your individual situation and it's hard mm -hmm. so i would say you know if i had to guess if i had to, you know make a statistic we are absolutely probably having less sex now because again, life has caught up with us. You know, I mean, we could look at all the superficial type reasons that gyms have been closed. Maybe you've gained a little bit of the, you know, COVID-15, you're not feeling your best. It's now winter for a majority of the country. So it's, you're kind of feeling that blah, lockdown type feeling. So it's, 
it's the struggle is real and you, you got to make time for it if you want it. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard too. And we're going to get into that a little bit, but we're talking about two different groups in today's show. We're talking about okay. the people who are together. They're a couple and they're locked down together. So you've got yep. a partner and then there's people who are single and they don't have a partner. And what do they do? I want to start off first off with the, the couple groups, the people who are living together. Are you worried about them at all? I mean, how do they if, I had, those- if I had to pick out of the two, okay, if I had to pick the individuals and the couples, maybe it's my own preference, personally and professionally, I am much more worried about individuals. And the reason why is because, you know, a lot of us feel that kind of doomsday type feeling. If we all knew the world was going to open up and everything was going to be back to perfect and normal, say April 1st, I wouldn't be nearly as worried about the individuals. I think what happens is that dating is close to impossible, especially here in LA, uh, unless you want to have a really great zoom date for the next however many weeks until everybody gets you know vaccinated or you can go on those little casual walks but it's hard to get to know somebody um somebody recently told me which i think you'll find this interesting that it was a man telling a woman that you know you almost have this feeling of you have to be exclusive if you're going to invite somebody into your home that casual dating is kind of out the window now because especially here in la we there's no restaurants open it's only takeaway it's you know and it's you know, you can't even go to a beach or a park or anything, you know, everything's really closed down. So there's a propensity to have a couple of zoom dates and then, well, if it's not awkward, why don't you come over to my house? Like in the real world, that doesn't happen. Right. And that's <laughs> awkward to even bring that up, like in a, in a zoom date situation. Right. Right. It, it just feels weird. Like, Oh, so yeah, this is going great. So do you want to come over for some wine tomorrow? Like, you know, we all kind of know what that means in the real dating world. Like they're like, I've never even met you in person. That's weird. And then you know, and then the other element of it is, is that, you know, I have joked about this many times that we used to have the safe sex conversation. Now we're having the COVID sex, so COVID safe conversation where it's this kind of like, have you, you know, are you safe? Are you going to parties? Are you, you know, have you been tested? Have you been vaccinated? And it's, it's these bizarre conversations we never would have thought. It's like having. a whole nother level of like, like stress and safety and oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, so, I mean, overall, like, what are you finding is how's morale? I mean, I assume morale has got to be down then within those, those single individuals. What are you seeing as a therapist? Morale has been really challenging. I will say for, for the individuals lately. Um, I think so to bring it back to your original question about the couples, you know, maybe again, it's just my experience. I think couples are absolutely fighting and bickering more. I think because we're finding that, um, you know, that little quirk that made you crazy about your partner, you're not seeing it every day, all day. Um, because, you know, and then there's the kind of more superficial stuff of like, when you're out of the house, you know, if at least one partner's out of the house, they have different experiences. You know, you can talk about that core, you can talk about the drive to work, you can talk about something silly you heard on the news or the radio. When you're sitting next to each other every day, all day, you run out of things to talk about, you run out of that anticipation of seeing each other, even like, you know, girls night not happening now. So you're kind of just hanging out with each other. Um, so, you know, I am, I am a little worried about that, you know, to bring it back to the individuals again, it's kind of the same thing where it's, what do you do to entertain yourself? You know, after you've, you've worked on yourself, you've done the writing, you've done the journaling, you've done your zoom calls, you've worked out, you know, and now what, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what is the dating pool, you know, feel like now, are you comfortable meeting people through zoom or, you know, do you want to throw a caution in the wind and go meet somebody in their home or, you know, on the street and have a, a, a glass of wine walking down the street, <laughs> which is weird as hell, but you know, I've had heard people doing that. Um, 
Yeah, or like tailgate dates. I've heard of people doing that. Like I've heard go- of tailgate dates. Yeah, that's kind of funny. You know, it's and you know what, and like you, you, you and I can both laugh about that. Is it makes for a difficult situation kind of funny because we're all in this together in that way. You yeah. know, it's not like some guy being quirky and being like, I don't, you know, want to take this girl to dinner. He can't. So it's like, do you want to meet at the, you know, so-and-so parking lot beach and we can sort of look at the beach and have a glass of wine in my trunk? (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds so funny to hear, but it's so, so true. Um, And and okay, so here's, you know, you talked a little bit about the safe sex, but I feel like oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes the, the single people are younger, which means the sex drive is higher. Um, so how does, how does that play into everything? Because sex is such an important part of of dating and in getting to know somebody. And like you said, it's pretty much two, three conversations. And then, you know, it's like how there's no, there's no buildup to that right now. There's no court. Yeah. There's no courting. There's no, let's go have a glass of wine at this bar. And then maybe we'll have dinner next time. And then it's that quirky, awkward feeling of like, I really like this person. Am I going to go home with them? Are we going to talk about this? You're right. I mean, you know, to put it bluntly, since we said, you know, this is a no kids allowed thing. I mean, people are horny. People are masturbating more, much more porn, you know, people are lonely and, you know, and I've one, one little quirk I'll tell you that I find fascinating is that I have a, a pretty dominant male population in my practice. And it's been interesting. I have a couple guys that have been pretty vocal about not wanting to settle down and maybe, you know, had new dates, uh, very often where, you know, they were taking things a little too quickly and they've made a complete 180 to think like, wow, this sucks. Um, I haven't, you know, been late in, you know, three months. I, maybe I do want a girlfriend. Maybe I do want to settle down. So people are kind of shifting their needs and desires based on the accessibility of having fun or the regular activities that they've had. We'll be right back after this short break. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, you'll want to listen up. I can tell you firsthand, starting the Soul Source podcast has been a ton of fun and is one of the best decisions I've made in my professional career, but it can definitely feel overwhelming if you don't know how to get started. That's where this awesome company called Buzzsprout comes in. Buzzsprout is by far the easiest and best way to launch a professional podcast. In fact, it's so good, they've already helped more than 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprout will get your podcast into every major podcasting platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, just to name a few. You also get a great looking podcast website, audio players you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new podcasts, YouTube episodes, and blog posts every week. These helped me immensely learn the ins and outs of podcasting from the experts in the business. And to start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and it also helps support SoulSource. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Welcome back. I find that so interesting because it is, it's like, it's like the dating world is actually changing, you know, like there, there's, that's like the player guy, right? Like he's out there and exactly. And yeah. That's, that's player guy can. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a numbers game. I am positive. You know, that hot, good looking guy in one of the apps can probably lure somebody to their house, but it's much harder now because, you know, as, you know, as a woman, especially, you know, when you're meeting, you know, so-and-so online, you have no clue who this person is. And to say, oh, do you want to come over tomorrow? 
So you're going to go to a full-blown stranger's house to drink. <laughs> it's really scary out there, but there's plenty of folks that are still doing it. Um, you know, I've known a couple people who couples and individuals who have up to their, you know, safe sex, uh, zoom, you know, zoom sex game. And, you know, they just, they try to do what they can do until they're comfortable meeting in person. What is your advice to two people out there who, who want to date? I mean, it's a natural part of life. You want to date, you want to meet someone. So yeah. what do you, what do you tell people right now who are kind of stuck in this limbo world? Personally, I think the apps are probably the best and easiest way to meet people. I think what's good about the apps is that obviously it's accessibility. There's thousands of people on these, on these apps. Um, if you, but probably what I always say about the apps is that it, there's somebody for everybody out there. You can always find what you're looking for. If you're looking for a hookup, you can find a hookup. If you're looking to find a girlfriend, boyfriend, you can find a girlfriend, boyfriend. So be open-minded to that. Put on your profile what you're looking for. You know, be honest about it. If you're looking for a hookup, say so. You know, hey, I'm been, you know, haven't haven't dated much in COVID, but looking to meet new people and have an adventure. You know, say something <laughs> to be like wink wink. Or, you know what, I'm really looking for my long-term uh, relationship. I'm looking forward to somebody that wants to Netflix and chill this weekend. Um, you know, try it out. Um, and I think I personally recommend being safe in the beginning, definitely having at least one, if not two uh, FaceTime, you know, Zoom dates before meeting somebody, especially if you're considering going to somebody's home, ask for a little tour of their home. You know, who do they live with? Where do they live? Talk about it because you never know. I mean, if you are, you know, especially again, a woman, I'm maybe I'm being biased. Like you're very vulnerable going into somebody's home. Yeah. You know, at least if you're inviting somebody into your home, you have a little more control over that. Um, again, I work with a lot of females, individual females that, you know, we always say like, have that one or two friends that you say, okay, I'm going out with so-and-so this is his address. You know, we can even have that safety check. Give me a call at 10 to make sure I'm okay. Um, you know, and, and just, and just be careful. You know, if you're going to take an Uber or a Lyft or something, make sure you have money, make sure you're able to get yourself home safely. Don't drink and drive. Like, you know, a lot of the same stuff, but the dating, dating right now is tough. Allow your friends to set you up too, is another advice I'd, I would give. Yeah. And that one, at least, you know, who's setting you up, right? You at least know who's setting you up. Yeah. So yeah. you take off some of that safety, safety barriers. Um, so, okay. You know, you want to go date. That's, that's a safe way to approach it. What if you're somebody who's still, you know, you, you want to date, you're single, right? You'd like to date, but you're still nervous. COVID is out there. Sure. It's, it's very hard to know. People can be asymptomatic and not think they have it and have it. So there's there's so many variables. So if somebody is still like, I, I just don't want to chance it. I don't want to put my health at risk. What coping mechanisms do you have for them? Because it's pretty lonely. It's really lonely right now. Um, well, you can really focus on yourself. I think if you're going to take that position that I don't want to date right now, I'm scared then don't date. Don't go on the apps just to talk to somebody, you know, don't be set up, really focus on you right now. You know, there's all things we can focus on, you know, maybe, maybe go into therapy and explore why did your last X amount of relationships break up? What are you really looking for? Have you honed in on exactly what your dating style is or what you're looking for? You know, sometimes when you take off that variable of, you know, if we're all on the fence, like, man, maybe if I meet somebody all day, but or, that you're putting off that energy of being wishy-washy. You know, there's, I think people really fall into categories of I'm ready to date. I want to meet someone or I'm not. Mm -hmm. So maybe take a month off or so and just really focus on you. See what you can do with that. Clean up your home, get, get your life ready for when you're ready to date. Um, a small caveat to, you know, the safe dating 
um, you know, especially here in LA, it's obviously there's a lot of entertainment industry. I've heard of something kind of interesting that both people, you know, they had a couple of FaceTime dates and then they both went and got tested. So they can at least have that barrier because a lot of people here are getting tested on a very regular basis because if they're working for the studios or something, they're really screwed if they get it. So they take it extra safety and extra cautious. So you can show up with your, I'm COVID free. <laughs> Let's go take a walk. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so silly to even say out loud, but it, it, it really does happen. It's yeah. And I totally can understand why. And it's important. So go back to the couples now. Yep. Okay. Um, are they having enough sex right now in their relationships to keep things fun and light, especially if there's kids at home? Cause that, that makes it a whole nother level of heart. It's hard as hell. It's. <laughs> I, I can think of a couple. Okay. I have a handful of couples right now. And I would say it's about 50, 50, the couples without children. Yes. Of course they have an easier time to have kids or have kids. Oh my gosh. There's an interesting. <laughs> <They> could <do> that. <laughs> There's that too. Um, they have a, a much easier, you know, time, but, but they always do, you know, if, if you don't have kids in the house or if you don't live with your parents, you can basically have sex whenever you want. And I think those couples take more advantage of that. Yes. There's frankly, there's the boredom factor. There's that, the intimacy factor that if you've been, you know, sitting on the same couch together for the last four days, it's, you know, it does take away from that intimate connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you have to make time for each other. And that way it might require you doing something silly, like, you know, you know, especially women, again, it seems very superficial, but we haven't worn makeup in, you know, two weeks, haven't put heels on in six months. It might take you saying, you know what, we're going to order something a little fancier. I'm putting a dress on tonight to put yourself in that more sexual mode. And it's not to be that you're trying to, it's more to even turn yourself on, you know, because if you're not feeling sexy, you know, sitting around in your cute yoga pants every day, all day, yeah, you're probably not going to want to be intimate. Um, Adding kids in the mix, of course, complicates things. Um, You know, kids, of course, are really, really struggling right now. So they've been extra needy. Um, I've heard of kids ending up in, you know, parents' beds that never used to be there or having trouble sleeping, dealing with the socialization aspects. Um, so parents have a much harder job now. So, you know, when it was, you're doing your job, you're also being, now you're a teacher, now you're a housekeeper, now you're, and a wife on top of it, you're exhausted at the end of the day. So again, you have to put your relationship and sexuality somewhere in the forefront of your relationship or it will fall apart. How do you do that though? When you're juggling all those balls in the air? You know, the, the simple answer is you have to make time for it. You have to acknowledge it and not in that accusatory way. You know, what I really like to tell couples is to, you know, just call it out. Look, you know, we haven't been intimate here and it's been, you know, X days, weeks, months, even we got to make this a priority. What do you think happened? And it can't turn into the you game. Like, well, you're not interested. Well, you did this. It's all right. Why don't we do this? Okay. The kids are in bed by eight. We may have to take a nap that day and make sure we make Saturday night a special night. You know, again, is it, is it a particular food restaurant, you know, you haven't purchased in a while, but that restaurant symbolized date night to you. You know, if you like cocktails, have you had a cocktail lately? Have you, have you even taken a walk by yourselves? Um, a lot of people have bubbles. Um, so if you have another couple, talk to them about watching your kids for one night, you know, maybe not stay the night, whatever, but just go drive around. Um, I actually gave this advice to a couple, well, a good couple months ago where, you know, to take it back to kind of high school days, you know, you have two hours by yourselves. Could you go, you know, make out in your car somewhere just to get the kind of sexual energy flowing? Because that's the only place you have that's private right now. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, that works because, you know, when we, we were much more creative when we were, you know, young teenagers, college kids living with our parents and trying to hook up, 
much more creative. <laughs> so it's okay to do that now. That's such an interesting way to take it too, is like, think of it when you were a kid, because you did all, all the things that you can do right now. That's what you did. Exactly. And it, yeah, it's, and it's, it's, you know, adds a little danger because nobody wants to get caught making out in their car or, you know, doing other things, but it's also sometimes, you know, where there's a will, there's a way and you have to have that private time. Talk with me about the benefits. I mean, regular sex is important. Why? What are the benefits to that for a couple? Benefits of regular sex in a relationship will keep you guys connected. I personally think it keeps communication open. Um, I like the idea of both partners wanting to participate instead of one partner feeling like they're constantly asking. Um, You know, it just, it keeps that muscle working in your relationship. You know, our muscles atrophy very quickly when we don't use them. And I think that's the hardest part is that when, when we have a big sexual drought, it's really hard to pick the ball back up. That is certainly not impossible, but you know, feelings can be hurt. Rejection can be felt. You have to keep it going and it, or at the bare minimum, acknowledge it and talk about what, what happened. You know, if, if it is, you know, that one partner is not as interested or having, you know, health concern or whatever it is, talk about it. You're in this together. You know, it takes two parties, regardless of what the reason is, both of you are, are not being intimate at this point. So, you know, talk openly and honestly, be gentle with each other, you know, have concern for your partner, talk to them how you would want to be talked to. Yeah. And do you think if we stay in this slump a lot longer, which it's looking like this is going to take a while. Looking like we're going to. Yeah. Do you worry? I mean, do you think this is going to get to be a problem where it could possibly lead to separation? Couples can't get that spark lit up again. I certainly hope not. But unfortunately, I probably agree with you that it's, you know, this is going to be the biggest test we've had. A lot of us have had in our relationships where, you know, what is it going to be like when we go back to the real world? Um, I would hope that this is also, you know, a way to really connect with your partner and to look at that life commitment you made with each other. If you made that life commitment to be able to say, this is the person I want to be with. So I hope it doesn't turn into separations and divorce. Um, you know, it might, but, you know, let's try to stay positive and think that uh, there'll be <laughs> people will still be pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's it's just something to be aware of. It's a reality. I know it's definitely yep. a reality. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about stress and sex, because I know sex can help with stress. How does that work? Well, I think, OK, if you look at it just chemically, you know, all the endorphins that are associated with sex, they make us feel good. Um, so when we have sex on a regular basis, we're constantly getting that endorphin release especially if we're having sex with our partners, you know, when you're having sex by yourself, yes, that's great. It can definitely make you feel good, but it's not helping that create that connection and bond with your partner. So orgasm or not, it's still having that physical touch and having that physical connection definitely decreases your sex, sex, your, excuse me, definitely decreases your stress and will help increase your connection with your partner. So I think it's a great stress reliever. Um, You know, it certainly doesn't have to be daily, um, but whatever, whatever works for your relationship. But yeah, hopefully on a regular basis. And there's also mental health benefits more than just stress. Oh, absolutely. I mean, mental health benefits can be anything from, you know, having higher self-esteem, feeling, you know, lighter and more energetic, um, just having that connection, feeling, feeling alive you know, as dramatic as that sounds. I mean, some of us feel like robots, you know, we, we forget what day of the week it is, you know, what time is it? And I had somebody bring up Christmas last week and I was like, you mean Christmas that just passed? I swear they forgot Christmas just passed because they just, they didn't, they didn't have that celebratory type feeling and the parties and whatnot. And it was, 
very eye-opening. So yeah, let's, let's keep sex on the, on the forefront of our relationships instead of pushing it to the back. How does someone know? How will someone know if they need to work with someone like you to help if they need therapy or if they can work something out on their own? What is that determining factor? Do you feel like you keep having the same exact conversation over and over again? Does it end in a fight? Has there been any amount of change? Are either of you getting to your breaking point? Um, what I always suggest to couples that I, I mean, I do consultations practically daily about couples that are looking to come in. If you're calling me, obviously something's going on. Um, but what I always tell them is whether you want to, to work with me or somebody else, try to get in to, to get some help before it, it gets really bad. Because the further along it gets, it, it's just like any other medical condition. You know, like I always use like tangible visual examples. Like if you have a rash on your arm, you're like, that's nah, all right. And then it gets worse and then it gets worse. And now it's on your, both your arms. You need to go right now because by the time it covers your whole body, it may take a significantly bigger thing to change. Same thing, same thing with your relationship. If you know, okay, we've been in a little dry spell. It's been, we used to be sexual twice a week. Now it's once a week. Now it's once a month. Now I can't stand my partner. You might be six months out and you might be having big discussions that you never thought you would because you're both so frustrated and resentful. So what sort of techniques then do you use to kind of help couples like fix themselves, I guess, basically, or fix the problem? No, yeah. My, my favorite thing to do, like, especially when I'm getting to know a couple is to make them go into excruciating detail about how they got together. And what I mean by excruciating detail is things that you would never just automatically tell me, I'll ask you about. So how'd you guys meet? Oh, you met through on a blind date. Great. Where did you go? What did you do? And to watch them talk through their relationship back to the fun stuff back to the good stuff. Oh, so when were you guys sexual? Oh, it was our third date. No, it wasn't. It was our fourth date. Oh, okay. Well, that's funny. You know, you know, which one was it, you know, to talk through the things that used to bring you together, you know, was it something as simplistic as, you know, it was so hot when you wrote me little post-it notes or you used to wear cologne or, you know, it made me feel so good when you complimented me or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, to make them go back to those kind of things. And frankly, almost always, it's something so silly and simplistic. I mean, yes, you'll hear the stories of, I fell in love with you in Paris, but that's not real world. We know that. Right. So, but it's the more real world stuff is to talk about like, so, so let me get this straight. You guys did take time for each other. You guys, when you had just each other, you did prioritize each other. You did do cute things. You did do surprises for each other. You brought home flowers. You made post-it notes. You surprised with different dinners or desserts or sexual positions or whatever, bringing it back to the basics. And it's fascinating watching them almost like heal themselves in that way. And yeah, there's going to be things that, you know, maybe you were having sex with the same person for 20 years. Maybe you won't do those same positions or have those same adventures, but you can have a variation of that. It's like falling in love all over again, almost. It's like falling in love all over again. Yeah. I like the way you put that, that it's to remind yourself that this is your partner before you became parents or before you became homeowners or before such and such life event happened, you chose to be with this person. So how long does it take then? Like if you, you, you do that and you go talk through that story, how many sessions is typical, I guess. Typical is always a hard thing to say. Um, and it, frankly, it all depends on the couples. I mean, couples that come in, let's say for instance, I mean, a big one would be like infidelity, you know, that might take a lot longer because we're dealing with trust and we're dealing with, you know, change and, how and why and when and where. So you, you know, working through things, if it's something like lack of desire, or we're just, we just fell off the sexual wagon, it can sometimes go a little faster. Um, 
when I, whenever I talk to people about like, well, how many sessions is this going to be? I always recommend six to eight sessions minimum, you know, put that into your budget, figure out if you can do it because you know, the first one or two sessions are going to be a lot of background. And this is frankly, whoever you work with, you know, it's going to be a lot of background, you know, yes, you could probably walk on the door and say, hi, I'm Karen. And I don't want to have sex, but it's probably not likely that you're going to talk about that the whole time. And you're going to be a little edgy and, you know, the therapist is going to be on. And once you start knowing each other and you know, each other, each other's style too, by the way, is it just starts flowing much more naturally. So budget six to eight sessions, maybe longer, maybe it won't be. You know, it, it all really depends on, you know, frankly, how deeper the issues are, how long it's been going on. And I personally believe almost nothing's impossible. So uh, the last question I have for you here today is remotely, like, uh, is this therapy being done remotely? Do you have to go in person in this COVID world? How does that work? I am doing only remote sessions. Um, and I, a vast majority of the people I know are. Um, I have done, you know, good old Zoom calls. And it's interesting either. I've done people that are sitting next to each other on the couch or one's in the bedroom, one's in the bedroom, and they have two different screens up just because they want it to be like that. Um, I've done it where people are in different cities. You absolutely can do it remote. Um, if you have the, if you have the opportunity to go in, I highly recommend it. As long as everybody's being safe, you know, COVID friendly, do it. If not, you know, you can absolutely do couples therapy through the, you know, the video mechanism. Awesome. Anything else I haven't asked you in regards to this topic that you're like, we need to talk about this. No, I mean, I think probably just because the way my practice is set up right now, I have couples, but I have, my individuals are really struggling right now. So I think that's why I keep focusing on them of trying to give them, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And again, I know it's very cliche, but work on yourself right now. You know, if, if dating is not going well, which it is really hard to do right now, work on you, you know, be the best person you can be, get back in touch with your own sexuality and your own comforts and, you know. Keep, keep moving forward because we are, we will be out of this at some point. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it sounds like truthfully, you know, therapy is, is good for couples and for, for, uh, single people, but it sounds like the yeah. single people really like a therapist can really almost be a lifesaver right now. Yeah, definitely. I am, I am knock on wood busier than I've been in quite some time. And it's, you know, it's because of the, the state of the world, people are anxious, people are, you know, depressed and, you know, and there's, it's multifold. So we're all in this together. I know that doesn't soften a lot of the blows, but literally everyone is. So we, we have to take care of each other. Well, we appreciate you taking some time here today, Dr. Stewart. Yeah, this you. has been this great. Fun. Yeah. And, and your advice is fantastic. I know this is going to be a hit. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, subscribe to the show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's something you want us to talk about on the show, we can do that too. We have a Facebook group. It's called the Soul Source Society. It's where we interact with listeners, share special content only seen in that group, talk about shows, get ideas for future podcasts, and overall just have a lot of fun. That's Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.